There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the following on Daily Podcast out here in India. I'm Neil Manthorpe and I'll be joined by Double Ashes winner Steve Harmison and former England great Darren Goff to look back at one of England's most famous Test match victories. No side had ever won a Test match in India, having a deficit of 190 runs on the first innings. But Ben Stokes' side continued to break records and defy our belief in what is possible, producing a remarkable comeback win by 28 runs in the dark, uh, late on day four. We'll hear exclusively from the England captain and discuss just how they managed to turn it around and where it ranks amongst the greatest ever wins. As well as that, Chet and Narula will also discuss what next for the hosts who have been shocked. So plenty to come, as always, over the next 25 minutes or so. Don't go anywhere. This is the following on uh, podcast on TalkSport 2 and the TalkSport Cricket YouTube channel. A truly, a truly extraordinary day. England adding 104 runs in the morning session with Ollie Pope producing one of the great centuries by an Englishman in India, 196, as England totaled 420 wonderful contributions as well and critical in the end from Rian Ahmed, who added 64 for the seventh wicket. He made 28. And Tom Hartley, who was later to go on to claim seven for 62 on his test debut started the day with another critical contribution with the bat of 34 over 50 runs in the test match for him India limped to 42 for 2 and 63 for 3 with Hartley taking all of the first three wickets thereafter it was a struggle against Hartley and the whole uh, England attack Shrika Barrett the keeper and uh, R Ashwin uh, dragged India back into the game from 119 for 7 to 176 for 8 when it was Hartley who made the critical breakthrough having uh, Shrikha Parrot bowled for 28. In the end the extra half hour had to be claimed and uh, it uh, was the very last over of that last 8 that uh, produced the final wicket claimed 
appropriately by Tom Hartley, who had Mohamed Siraj stumped by Ben Folks for 12. 202 all out. India have been shocked to the core. England coming back from a first innings deficit of 190 to win a remarkable test match by 28 runs. As I said, alongside me, Darren Goff and uh, Stephen Harmison. Take a breath, Harmy. Oh, take a breath. Where do you start? Uh, it's just immense pride. I mean, if you're if you were watching this two days ago, you were you were probably looking at it and thinking, yes, England are going to have a struggle in India because the way the pitches are and the golf and the difference of possibly of the spin bowlers. But looking at it now, you know, it, it just shows you a team will beat any individuals. And I thought in that third innings, India were a group a group of individuals. I thought Rohit Sharma's captaincy wasn't up to the standard. I thought the bowlers were scratching their heads, looking as to their leader, and he, he wasn't leading with, because that was the way England played as a team. I thought they were absolutely magnificent throughout that last, second half of that test match. Oli Pope has played one of the best innings, not just in India, but overseas by an English batter, and Tom Hartley on debut. Um, once he calmed down, once he got into a rhythm, he could build a beautiful line, a beautiful length, and you can see why the selectors identified the tall release point, his ability to bowl it into the ground and his ability to turn the ball, and he came away with seven, seven for 62 on debut. You, know, you come to India, the coffee said earlier, you dream of making your debut as a spinner in India. There's also pressure on you to perform. And boy, has Tom Hartley performed. Magnificent four days for England. One that will go down in living memory for a long, long time to come. And congratulations to Ben Stokes, Brendan McCullum and the England cricket team because they were simply brilliant. The absolute, absolutely uh, top performance to come back from where they were on day two. And that, I said, deficit of 190 on first innings. To get 420, Indian conditions, the ball turning, three world-class spinners for India on patrol. And the way... Oli Pope came to the crease. In fact, let's start before that. The way Duckett and Crawley come to the crease on third innings, total belief and a game plan to reverse sweep the quality spinners that India have. It got them off to a flyer. The momentum carried on through Pope and the rest of the batting lineup, except for the brilliance of Bumrah, uh, getting them back into the game. But to get 420 in the second innings in those conditions, remarkable. And I'm so pleased they've won because Oli Pope, if they would have lost that game, many people would have forgot that in that, that innings of 196. The fact they've won it, that'll be talked about for years and years and years. Years as a fantastic innings. But then they have to come out and deliver. India chasing 231 for the ball them out for 212 with a debutant getting seven for 62. Outstanding. Absolutely brilliant. A nice mention there as well for Ben Stokes' captaincy. And obviously Joe Root filled in. He's a proper all-rounder in these conditions. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. England lead the series 1-0. Brilliant. So much uh, to discuss, which we shall do over the course of this podcast and over the next few days as we build up uh, to the second test match in Vishakapatnam. But uh, let's just remind ourselves that England were still 27 runs in arrears when they lost their fifth wicket. Um, so a truly extraordinary effort from uh, Ollie Pope. And we'll speak to Chetan Narula in a moment about Rohit Sharma's captaincy and about uh, how deeply shocked the Indian team will be by this result. Um, 
But as much as Rohit Sharma failed to react and failed to acknowledge the danger of the reverse sweep, as much as he assumed that a mistake was just around the corner, as much as he has refused to acknowledge the reverse sweep by changing his field, um, England put that pressure. They put him under so much pressure. I believe that that's one of the reasons that he was fa he failed to react. Yeah, 100%. I think India. I think India believed they just had to turn up, land a few. They'll get England out and the game will be won and it will go to Vishkapatnam 1-0. But Goffey said you know, just a second ago, you know, the set the tone that was set by Zach Crawley and Ben Duckett was unbelievable. A 190 deficit after first innings. I cannot, you know, not 1% of my fibres in me will say that Ben Stokes thought he couldn't win that game. He couldn't. He got, that, this is, that's his belief. And as much as you, you think... Do you know what? He, he's bluffing. He'd have made, he made 10 other people believe that 190 behind, we can still win this game. And I think that's the, that's the resilience of this group. I think it, even at halfway, and it sounds stupid to believe that you could win from 190 behind, I don't, think, I don't even think that Ben Stokes was saying to the players, we are going to win when people are looking at him going, yeah, yeah, righto. I think every single one of them would have been going, yeah, we're going to win. We know how to win this game from here. We are going to win. And they are, that's where they've, they've changed. They've, they've raised the bar so much in such a way where they know how to put pressure on the teams. Forget the scoreboard. It's about the third innings, and we'll get to where the game is once the third innings is finished. And when they got to, was 420. Ollie Pope got 196 and said to India, there's 231, over to you. If they had lost from there... Yeah, I think they would have said we give it everything and we give our best shot and we still believe that we're going to win. But I tell you what, the belief in that dressing room and the resilience from turning a bad day into a good day, uh, that is what makes this team unbelievable. Chet and Narula, given the nature of the defeat, given the fact that India should have been out of sight, I mean, a 190-run lead is regarded by many people as out of sight, um, but, but given the... the the size of the comeback and the nature of the defeat, um, this will feel like India have gone down one and a half nil. <laughs> Absolutely. I think uh, it was a great chance for England to win this first test without Virat Kohli, obviously. India having dealt that blow. Um, congratulations to England. I mean, I, I, I'm still trying to soak that in. Obviously, just like Hami or Gafi, I mean, uh, <laughs> while they are trying to soak in the victory, as an Indian uh, cricket lover, I would say, um, uh, I'm trying to soak in that defeat. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you my reasons for that. First of all, I'm, I'm a baseball convert now. I had my reservations about baseball. Uh, why, why I say reservations? Because obviously we haven't seen it from close quarters as the English cricket fans or the English cricket media have. But we were very excited about baseball coming to India. And that's where my second point comes. Um, the Indian team did not know what to expect. And they were obviously unprepared. When and when it arrived, they didn't know what to do. And when it arrived, they did not know what to do. I mentioned earlier, yesterday, in those two sessions of play on either side of lunch, baseball hit India hard. The reverse sweep, they knew what to do to negate India's spinners. India did not have a response then. And today, India did not have a response to negate the English spinners. 
and that's where the game was lost. We can talk about poor captaincy, poor coaching, in fact. And, uh, you know, all of those things will be talked about if India does lose this series. But there are problems which are quite apparent in the Indian camp. They're trying to just paper over the gaps right now. But the bottom line is, India did not know what to expect from basketball and they weren't ready for it. Just before... You, sorry, Coffee. just before you jump in, the basketball that Jetton's talking about, it's like every team that's come up against England have fallen foul to it the first time they've really not understood it. And that is Rohit Sharma standing at slip going to Axar Patel. No, 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 it doesn't matter about Ben Duckett's reverse sweep. He lit one up in the air. Not bother, yeah. And that's been labelled at this team so many times. Yeah, Dean Elgar from where you reside in your part of the world, there's nowhere. We just wait till we play against us. There's no way they're going to do that against Rabada. So many times this team has been questioned on that. They couldn't do it in Pakistan. And they of couldn't course. do it in Pakistan. 3 0. And they did it. So in this game, they still got, there's a, still a long, a long way to go in this series. Um, but I think, I think Rohit Sharma in that third innings of this test match was shell shocked from a captaincy point of view. And I'm not sure he knew what to do to, to negate the basketball that well, the positive mentality that England have got, and I think coming from coming from the first coming from the first um, from the first Test match, his field setting to see where he is Test match three and four, even next week next week in Vishkapatnam, to see how he sets his field will be a challenge for the for the Indian skipper. Well, uh, they have to go back to the drawing board. I mean, Hami said earlier. This is a team that has won against a set of individuals. And I think India were relying on individual excellence to win this match. They were anticipating that against Ashwin and Jadeja, and you add Akshay Patel to that in the second innings, how can you, you know, turn around that big a deficit? Like we mentioned earlier, they were, what, 20 or 30 for five, essentially, England. And, when, and then they went on to take that 200-run 200, 200 uh, target or lead. So India relied on excellence of their individual spinners. They did not have the batters to contest the English spin. And for after a very, very long time, India's spinners failed. Coffee. I think all teams have to keep evolving. And I think India, um, they are guilty of believing nobody could play that way against them. I think even Ashwin coming into it, and, and I'm not criticising him for this, said in an interview, but... He don't quite know what's going to happen with basketball. He's never bowled it, and um, when they've played in a positive manner, he's used to bowling against England and just being let the opposition just let him bowl. But they've come out and they've had a plan against all the spinners. And I think for India now, they've got to realise they've got a battle on their hands. They've got to have plans for every single England player. They've got to believe that this team have come to India to try and win and to win, not try to win. And India have to be at their best to beat them. Simple. And I think that's a lesson for everyone because after day two, we all thought, yeah, it's easy England win, India win, sorry. But the way England have come back in that third innings, I still can't believe, third innings, 420 in the third innings with the ball turning, keeping a little bit low, but England's batters attacked the spinners and they had no answer. They had no answer whatsoever. Back to the drawing board for India. Virat Kohli, the needing back. 
Just having a look at uh, the first innings, that's, uh, it seems like a long time ago now. It was four days ago. Ben Stokes is 70 on the first day, rescued uh, England. He batted brilliantly uh, to take them to 246. They were in all sorts of trouble at 125 for five. In fact, 155 for seven. So to get 246 was thanks almost entirely to Ben Stokes and Tom Hartley, um, who made 57 runs in the match. Uh, India then became the first team ever for three of the top six to be dismissed in the 80s. Uh, five men caught on the boundary. Uh, I know that uh, Chet Narula and many other Indian fans were very critical of uh, the sloppiness um, and the failure to reach three figures, particularly from K.R. Rahul, who pulled a, a long hop from uh, Hartley out to deep mid-wicket, and then Ravindra Jadeja being dismissed uh, for 87. But still, the lead was 190. That has always been enough. In every test match in India, where they've had a lead of 190, they've won. Yeah, it's, it's mind-boggling, isn't it? Honestly, it is. It's mind-boggling. The, the, to sit here now and, and digest that England have won this test match, to get your head around the fact that England have won this test match from 190 runs behind is, is frightening. It is. It's frightening to think that India didn't lose this. I think England have won it. England have won this test match and you know that you can look at you know, you know whenever you look at a result you can pick passages where you go well they lost it there or they won it there or this team just grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and they won it England I think England went on to win this test match and I think India you know what I think they were shell-shocked in that middle middle period and uh, they didn't have the answer. They're going to have to get the answers very, very quickly. It'll be different in Vishkapatnam, yes. And it'll be different as Virat Kohli comes back in and one or two others. But I think there's a seed of doubt now, not only in the bowlers' minds, more importantly, there's a seed of doubt in the minds of Rohit Sharma. J just one quick one on, if you want to pick one moment for me, which was, besides the brilliance of individuals throughout the game, the one moment that was the biggest game changer for me was the drop catch. The drop catch, Axar Patel. Dropping Ollie Pope, it was a sitter, and he dropped it, and we scored loads of runs after that, and that has cost them in the end. It's cost them. They would have been chasing 175, 185. Instead, they're chasing 230. Might have been chasing less. Ollie Pope was on 110 um, and went on to make this extraordinary 196, a, a career-defining innings. Goffey. Brenda McCullum spoke before the Test match about making players feel 10 feet tall. The man whose job that is on the field is Ben Stokes. His leadership is completely and utterly inspirational. We spoke about the three spinners, one of whom's on debut, one of whom has played one Test match, one of whom hasn't bowled a red ball since June last year. And for him to, to shepherd them through, to show the confidence, to, to keep Tom Hartley on when he was going for nine and ten and over in his very first innings when he was... When he was nervous and for him to finish the second innings with seven for 62 um honestly we use the metaphor about uh, players running through big brick walls for captains but i think they would for ben stokes inspirational isn't he uh, inspirational captain i think the respect he's got now from around the world though the brand of cricket is brought to this team <laughs> is exceptional i think there'll be a a few ipl teams will want him to skip at their side there's no doubt about that coming up in the next a uh, year or so. I can think of one team that might need a new captain uh, quite soon. <coughs> and uh, to do it with the spinners he's had. Jack Leach, been out injured for such a long period and he's on one leg for this test match. He's had a test debutant in Hartley. Rayan, who's in his second test match. And Joe Root, 
who didn't even get a mention about his bowling before the test match. He was a batter. There were three and three spinners and Joe didn't even get a mention. He just won a test match in India with those in his, his lineup. It's unbelievable. And that comes down to team, Darren. It yes. comes down to team. And that's what that's the beauty about what this environment is. It's about the team. You talk about Hartley, seven wickets. He's got 60 runs in a test match. It's about the team. Rian Ahmed, yeah, he didn't bowl as well as you would like in the, in the fourth innings. But that, that innings of Rian Ahmed's 28, Tom Hartley's 34, got England to a position with Ollie Pope to get 231 in front. This is, that's what teams do. That's what great teams do. And great teams need great leaders. And boy, have we got a great leader. So where to here now? Um, Vishakapatnam is a new test venue. We do know that it's uh, a red soil pitch as opposed to a black soil pitch, which traditionally means that uh, there will be in it a little bit more in it for the seamers. Traditionally speaking, it, they, 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 there's a little bit more pace and bounce, and Vishakapatnam uh, is not uh, a seam bowler's fast bowler's graveyard as many other venues have been. So it's not the time for the team to contemplate <laughs> what they need to get there first. Well, first of all, they need to celebrate have a good couple of good nights sleep do whatever they do to relax digest this enjoy this moment uh, the next test match doesn't begin until until next week um, but I, I suspect that uh, that um, England England will play a second seamer at least you would think Jimmy Anderson yeah Anderson's coming in I don't, I don't think there's a doubt about that um, it's who it's whether they keep Woody in the side or they bring in Gus and uh, or Ollie Robinson. Um, so that'll be the, the, the one selection. I think the leg spinner will miss out. Um, unless, we've got to wait and see where Jack Leach is. He should be fit for next week. I think he bowled actually well there in the second innings, despite carrying an injury. But Anderson will definitely come in. And then it's just how our, our Woody rocks up for the second test match. I know it's not. he's got an extra day off now, hasn't he? So he ain't took a wicket this game. Um, so it's whether they just keep uh, freshening it up. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd, I'd look at definitely bringing Anderson in. Um, will it be the leg spinner? I think it probably will be as much as I think Ben Stokes likes having Rian Ahmed in the team. And he, he's tried to back him. He tried to get him a wicket there at the end there. But I think two and two probably looks as though it's Hartley and, and, and Leach if fit going into Vishkapatnam and it's whether Mark Wood can get through back-to-back -back test matches he's put a he's put a shift in here yeah uh, I know he hasn't bowled as many overs but he's he's worked very very hard in the overs that he's worked um it's whether they go Atkinson or they go Robinson and go sort of two containing bowlers that's not what I think Ben Stokes was looking for when he when the when the group was picked but I I, I think if Mark Wood's fit and can go again I think I would uh, I would roll him out again, especially one nil up. And uh, confirmation, by the way, that Ollie Pope has been named uh, the player of the match. Uh, let's talk about until we hear uh, from our, ourselves, from Ben Stokes and uh, from Ollie Pope. Uh, just a, a quick look at uh, some of the players who names won't be in the, in the headlights. But uh, the opening partnership of Crawley and Duckett, um, they made flying starts in in both innings, and I just wonder. Um, I mean, they didn't put on 100, but they did put on 55 uh, in flying fashion at six and over in the first innings and then uh, set England up uh, to reach 113 for one in the second uh, innings with uh, Crawley making 20 and 31, uh, Duckett 35 and 47. So they're the kind of frustrating scores that we traditionally say, well, you know, once openers are in, then they need to 
build on scores like that. Um, but it's the speed at which they score and the positivity with which they start the innings that I just wonder, uh, guys, whether that takes the breath away um, of the opposition. You know, when, you know, the... You, <laughs> As a fast bowler, you, you don't want to be going at six and over, do you? And then they, they, they can, does it give you a little knock? Well, of course it does. Um, we go back to back in the 90s when you used to rock up against Australia, you knew they were going to come at you when they had Slater and Taylor or um, they've had Langer and Hayden. They come out and they're looking to score off you straight away. It boundaries. They're not looking to block it. And, and, and that puts you on the back foot to a certain extent. If you're not right on it, you're going to go for runs. And it proved that in the first morning when Siraj didn't get it right. And he went round the park and he got England off to a flyer. Although they were disappointed in that first innings, only making 2-4-6, um, they did get off to an absolute flyer. Yeah, and yeah, I think the, the, the tone set from Ben Duckett, especially in the second innings, I've not seen an Indian team look as shell-shocked as, as that. Rohit Sharma hadn't a clue what was happening. You know, Axar Patel, you know, you'd, you'd have thought he had just had the wind taken out of his sail. Somebody had given him a, a rabbit punch. The same with our Ashwin. He mentioned before the, the series he's not played against, so he's not sure what to expect. He knows what to expect going to Vishkapatnam. I know that. So that is the tone you set. Ben, you look at Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes, talk about the times when Zach Crawley was having a, a difficult time. And it's we're not looking for you know hundreds, and we we're looking we're looking for them to get after good starts and try and impact the game. Well, impact the game. Ben Ducker's got 47 in that second innings. He impacted the game for me because I think he put India so far on the back foot. I don't think they'll ever recover. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people sing you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. One more question. For you, Goffey, if I may. Uh, and this is something you referred to in the first innings when Joe Root bowled 29 overs. Now, we know that Joe Root won't do 
uh, anything for the team. He'll do everything. He'll go beyond. You know, he will extend himself to um, his own detriment. Of course he will. And, uh, you know, he will be delighted, I'm sure, to have bowled 50 overs um, in this test match. But um, does Ben Stokes need to manage his workload um, for the sake of his runs? I, I think so. He has to be the third spinner. So um, he's got to, the two he takes to be his main spinners after ball most of the overs. But Joe has still got a part to play in this series with a ball. But let's be straight. We want him to get runs with a bat. If he gets runs with a bat, we've got a great chance of winning. And it proves that when someone gets a big score in your team, 196 Ollie Pope, he doesn't have to make it a lot easier to bowl when you've got runs on the board. And we need Joe to get the runs, and he should be the third spinner. And obviously in the second innings, he can open the bowling. Well, um, one man who might now be in prime position to become the number one spinner is Tom Hartley. Seven for 62. Here he is having a chat to Andrew McKenna. Tom Hartley, congratulations. Seven for 62 in the second innings to bowl England to a Test match victory. How does that feel? Uh, you know, it's not going to sink in for a while that, you know, obviously being on debut, you don't quite understand how much a Test win is, but getting a feeling what these other lads is, you know, that they don't come every day, so it'll be cherished for a long time. Does the second innings feel even more special because it was hard going in the first innings for you? Yeah, obviously, but, you know, as the game went on, um, you know, obviously it spun a lot more, which came into my favour. And, you know, it was just a case of, of, of being as relaxed as possible. And that comes from the dressing room, to be honest. And I was able to put on a great performance because, you know, they got me in the right mindset. Obviously, tough starting. That was a tough first innings, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I was a bit down, but, you know, the boys got around me and, you know, I was able to do that because of them, to be honest. Can we wind the clock back about five days before the start of the game? You obviously got told you were playing a couple of days beforehand and told you would bowl the first over, uh, you know, the opening over. How did you feel then? It was like, this is my debut and I'm going to be straight in bowling when England get a go. Yeah, Baz told me and I was thought he was taking the piss, to be honest with you. I was like, and then I realised we only had one seamer playing, so I was like, all oh, right, that's fair enough. Um, but, you know, it was fantastic. I think, you know, if you want to get into the game, get into it straight away. The nerves were gone after the first couple overs, obviously got hit around a bit. But, you know, you just got to understand on debut, they're going to come after you. And, you know, for me, it was about how I was going to bounce back. And, you know, I thought I did that really well. So it wasn't a question, do you fancy the first over? It was, you're having the first over. Uh, yeah, I think it was put in a joking way, sort of, you're having the first over with a laugh. And I was like, um, OK, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I've done it in white ball cricket before, so um, it's not nothing different for me. Let's look at the match itself. After the first innings, England are down by 190. If we're honest, no one really thought that they would maybe win. But let's be competitive. Let's take a few with us. When did you genuinely start to think, boys, oh, this this is on? Uh, you, yeah, when Popey probably got around 100, um, and, you know, we were probably about 30 behind, um, about five down, we sort of, like, Stokesy just got out, and, you know, you kind of tell, like, oh, you know, can we can we survive the day, you know, whatever. Uh, but, no, watching Popey back like that gave us so much confidence and gave us tail enders really an idea of how to go about it with the sweeps the reverse sweeps and you know um he was fantastic to be honest with you and he, he you know he was he really deserves you know everything he's going to get this, this series it's been a crazy day but it felt the adrenaline was just building and building and building and it was a case of 
when, not if. That must be an incredible feeling to be out on a field knowing that. Yeah, you know, there's always there's always so much confidence around the group, and you know, when we got like when we got that two in the over, I was like, this is on here, you know, whatever they needed two hundred and some, you know, it was such going to be such a tough score, and I think that showed how well Popey played, to be honest with you, because um, when I was batting out there and was ragging past my outside edge, I was like, Jesus, I can't wait to ball on this, um, and you know, I just had to keep calm and uh, and really just put it in the right areas. You are clutching a ball, you are clutching a stump. It's your first... You, you do know this isn't normal, don't you? Uh, not yet, but <laughs> probably when I get the next test, we'll do, yeah. Uh, it's just been an incredible match. Thank you so much for being part of it. Congratulations, well played. Cheers, thank you very much. Cheers. Tom Hartley speaking to uh, Andrew McKenna, and um, who can blame him for... Um, Getting his, his words mixed up uh, once or twice there. Apologies if anybody was offended. What he meant was uh, taking the mickey, obviously. Yeah, taking the mickey. I'm not sure who was more excited, Tom Hartley or Andrew McKenna. It's just in, in that, I think that sums it up in that way because it's been, for a supporter to come here and watch this, it's been unbelievable. To witness it firsthand, you know, the Barmy Army singing. Yeah, I'm so proud of Ben Stokes, so proud of the whole England cricket team. So proud to be here and bring it live on TalkSport 2 because this game will go down in history because of the 190 behind Pope's 196, Hartley's 7 for on debut. You know, we'll be talking, talking about this for years to come. England came here in 2012 with Cook and Stra uh, the, after Strauss, Cook's team with Peterson and that, that phenomenal bowling unit that they have with Ponisar and Swan. I just really hope now that Ben Stokes can, can go on and emulate that and, and, and pull off a victory in this series. Goffey Shoaib Bashir arrived in the country this morning after his uh, visa issues. Um, and uh, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, he was selected as a 19-year-old. He subsequently turned 20. Um, he hasn't, he's played uh, a handful of first-class games, never mind uh, making a test debut. And uh, the feeling was that, well, he's obviously going along for experience. But... but <laughs> we should learn. We should have learned our lesson by now. He might well play a test match in the series. Absolutely, he might play. Um, I think it is um, going to be a, a, a learning trip for him. I mean, even arriving these last two days and seeing what this England team's about, he'll have learnt so much. And belief that seeing someone who's making his debut in Tom Hartley, who not many people know about from playing first-class cricket. Let's be straight about this. He's not a, a, a huge name in Lancashire when he plays for them. He is in the white ball stuff, but the red ball stuff, he's, he's still finding his way, right? Um, so I think for Bashir to come into the, on, onto the tour is a huge thing. I wouldn't put it... I wouldn't say he's never going to play uh, in the series. He could easily quite play, but I think Joe Root bowling so well might have just put him back, back one. <laughs> I wonder if I can ask uh, Chet Narula another question. He's still uh, with us. We're hoping uh, to hear from Ben Stokes uh, very soon. Um, but uh, the dust needs to settle, Chetan. Um, again, you know, just as uh, you need to be humble in victory, you need to be calm in defeat. And I don't think that any snap decisions need to be made now. Everyone needs to try and get a good night's sleep and, and some rest and, and just uh, think about things rationally and calmly going into Vishakapatnam. Obviously, Virat Kohli's a, a, a massive miss. Um, and, and, well... Uh, uh, the Rohit Sharma didn't have a very good test match we, by a common consent um, as uh, a captain. But like I said, um, India needs to take a collective breath here and uh, not let things uh, be taken you know, 
too extreme, too much out of context. Um, and credit should be given to England rather than uh, recriminations uh, for the home side. Uh, no doubt about that. I think um, I think the Indian team management is mature enough and <laughs> they're quite guarded in terms of what they talk about inside the dressing room. So obviously there will be no, um, you know, uh, kind of a public... Uh, scrutiny of uh, what the loss means to the team, really. I don't think there will be any wholesale changes uh, because the squad has been announced for the first two test matches. Rajat Patidar has been added to the squad. Um, all they need to do is realise that playing as individuals is not going to cut it. They need to put in better batting shifts, make better batting decisions, um, and perhaps just go to Vishakhapatnam and say, okay, you know what, let's play collectively. We've, they're still playing in home conditions. And playing in home conditions nowadays in Test cricket is a great, great advantage. And that's an advantage that they can use to their, uh, uh, you know, to their benefit. And I'm not alluding to the fact that they can make raging spin-turning wickets from here on for the next four tests. I'm just saying that even in these conditions, and we have discussed on our call that this has been a brilliant pitch. Even if we see four similar pitches throughout the series, India have the wherewithal of coming back and challenging and perhaps beating England. So I think they need to remind themselves of that without, you know, maybe saying, OK, you know what, maybe we need to tinker with the pitches. I think that's all they need to do. Just a very quick word about Vishakapatnam. It's a new test venue. Um, well, I'm yeah. looking forward to going there because it's a coastal venue and apparently it has lovely beaches and it's more something of a holiday yeah. destination, isn't yeah. it? I don't know whether how much time you spent there because, uh, as I said, it's a new international venue. But uh, it is a red soil pitch and um, it's not one of those great spinning paradises. Yeah, I covered a few matches over there, a uh, few ODI internationals and a test match, the first test match that was played there, India-England. That was 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yes, it's a red soil pitch. Uh, India won that game, if I remember correctly, in four or four and a half days. And again, there was a lot of slow turn in that in that pitch. So we we can expect the pitch to deteriorate over the four five days. And again, if it's a similar wicket, then there will be a bit of slow turn. Um, but again, like I said, this was a brilliant pitch. It had something in it for everybody, be the batters, spinners, pacers, everybody, and it kept us all hooked for four days. So. I'm hoping a repeat of this uh, pitch and I'm hoping a repeat of a brilliant test match with a day to spare so we can all go to the beach. Yes, well, that would be very nice. I'm looking forward to that. Coffee, um, Ben Stokes has committed himself uh, to revitalising test cricket. He and Brendan McCullum have a sort of two-man mission uh, to make uh, people, um, those who are in love with the game, to keep them in love with the game and to bring a new audience uh, to Test Cricket. They've committed themselves uh, to it. Um, Stokes withdrew from uh, the IPL auction. It, it, it is a mission. I know that that's a, it's a strong word, but, but Stokes is absolutely and utterly committed, along with McCullum, the two of them, to making... to If they have to drag Test Cricket back into the public consciousness and back into people's favourite format, then, then they are going to do it. Do you think it's going to work? Um, well, I think it is working um, yes, as far as England well. fans um, are concerned. And I think there is a, quite a few people are making a big push. There's a lot of stuff being said over the past six months about Test cricket and the emergence of franchise cricket around the world. But I, look what's happened today. West Indies, the delight on those young players playing for the West Indies. You've seen Carl Hooper and Brian Lara in tears watching West Indies side beat Australia. You've just seen against all odds England beating India in that first test match when they were out at the game after two days. 
For me, Test cricket is well and truly alive. It needs people from around the world like Ben Stokes, Brendan McCullum. You know, I mean, any of the Australians, the big names, uh, Pat Cummins, what he's doing for Australia. It needs India as well. Virat Kohli is a massive, massive fan of Test cricket. We need him back in this series just to give it a bit of a boost. But yeah, I think it's fantastic. It's a great product and it's just going to keep growing. Tell you anybody that uh, hasn't seen or isn't aware of the commitments of an England captain uh, during, before, and after a Test match will probably be staggered. Ben Stokes does two hours of uh, media before, uh, for d two days before a Test match, and then for two hours after a Test match, and he'll have more commitments in the days coming up. Andrew McKenna is uh, speaking to him. As we conclude this, we will finish the podcast with Ben Stokes, exclusive interview with uh, Andrew McKenna. But, um, Harmi, uh, uh, while we wait for that, uh, <laughs> it, it, it would be easy from a financial point of view for, for Ben to say, I can make a lot of money over the next three or four years. He's into his 30s now. It's a time when people are prioritising their bank accounts. But he's, um, you know, he... he what is it? What, I mean, is he is he, is he saying I, there's only so much money a man can spend, or you know I'm doing okay? Um, ADECB have looked after him, obviously, but um, this 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 mission, this drive to to devote his career at this stage, maybe the rest of his career to Test cricket, is extraordinary. Yeah, it is extraordinary, and I think you've got to have a passion and a love for the game of of Test match cricket, like he has, like Joe Root has, to prioritise. And he could, you're right, he could go off and play around the world in the white ball format like one or two others have. He's, I think he's earned the right to do that from a, from a career point of view and the numbers that he's, he's had in, in test match game and say, right, I'm going to go off and, and milk it like one or two others have done. Um, but you see Mark Wood, another one. You know, the question about you know, his body. He wants to play test cricket. He's just shown you that on a, on a flat one here. He could easily go down the white ball route. Joe Root, you know, the, the, the brilliance of Joe Root, 135 test matches. What he gives to the gear, the, this team, like you said before, he goes, he doesn't give everything. He goes beyond everything to give for this cricket team. You know, these guys have, uh, have want to play test match cricket. They want to raise the bar of test match cricket. They want test cricket to be played and loved all around the world. And by playing this new brand of cricket, is getting, is getting people to, I think, go the full circle and understand that it's alive. It is still alive. And the ICC may look at it and boards may look at it at the minute and think financially it doesn't make sense for us because the financial, the fa uh, franchise format makes more sense from a financial point of view. But when you have test matches like this and the one that you had at the Gabba and you have it talked about the way it's been talked about at this minute in time, because this is just the start. This is the start. This is one test match out of five. You know, India have got to come back. So if India come back strong, boy, we're in for some, some great days in test cricket. So from that point of view, so from that point of view, I think test cricket is still alive. And while you've got the names that Goffey mentioned before, wanting to play test cricket, then you might see other boards start playing more than just two test matches in a series. Very quick question for both of you, just uh, as we wait for, for Macca to conclude his interview with uh, Ben Stokes. You've both experienced some remarkable highs in your test playing days. You know, the 2005 Ashes and, and many highlights of, of your own Goffey. Um, how, does, how does watching a game like this, you know, 
a decade, slightly more in your case, Goffey, after your own playing days. How does it how does it compare? How does the, the, the thrill and the enjoyment compare to some of the, the highs of your playing career? Absolutely. I love watching England win um, in any sport, uh, but it's the sport you played and loved. And then to see a performance like that when you're totally uh, against it and seeing individuals come into the team living their dream. Everybody wants to play. If you're playing sport, you want to play for your country at the highest level. You dream of it. And then you get to live that dream by playing and for someone to deliver like Hartley has on test debut, he'll never forget that. No matter what anybody says about the rest of his career, he's got a 7-4 on debut for England in a winning test match. So it's brilliant as a commentator to witness, to be part of it, of that victory. I'll never forget in Johannesburg when I was there for a game and went in the dressing room after the game celebrating with the players, they invited us in. That was an unbelievable moment for me. I've been there with England as a consultant over in New Zealand and saw the preparation and the hard work that goes into a tour. That was also a, an amazing experience. And I'm, and I'm is exactly the same as me. We've, be, we've been on tours together. We love it when England win. We absolutely adore it. We'll criticise. We'll criticise when it needs doing. But we are so passionate about England doing well. And this performance this week has been outstanding. I've said to you many times, Manners, on, on the collective and then now the, the following on, I, I feel as though it hurts more now when they get beat, me sitting here, because uh, these guys have to digest it quickly. They have to process it, move on, practice the next year. Sits with you for a little bit longer when you're a fan and you can't do anything about it. It really, it does. And like Goffey says, you, 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 you do criticise when it's, it's time when you feel as though it's right to criticise. And you're joyous when they win. And sometimes get, I get criticised for, for, for talking too kindly about some of these players. I've seen the journey of some of them growing up. Goffey's, Goffey's director of cricket with three or four of these lads in his group. How proud is that from a, from, from, from a guy who's Mr. Yorkshire seeing Joe Root get four wickets and seeing Johnny Bairstow play the way he's done. Ben Stokes, captain, seen him since he's sort of 14, 15, knowing Mark Wood all the way through growing up. So I'm not, I'm not proud in a way which is a former England player. You've seen the journey of these players. You've seen the journey that these have gone through, the hard work that they've had to put in. So... That just goes that little bit further, and, uh, and you, the, 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 I think to put it into words is very, very difficult. What's going on inside that dressing room at this minute in time needs to be bottled. It needs to be remembered, because you know what, I'll be saying to these players now: when we get to tough times, when we get to 190 behind again, remember what it felt like when we won that time. Remember what the dressing room was like when we won at Hyderabad when we we're 190 behind. That's what's going to get you to winning moments from tight situations. And that, that's the beauty of winning games like this. OK, well, we haven't uh, been able to get you an interview with uh, Ben Stokes. We, oh, well, we will, but we're not going to be able to bring it to you in this podcast, which just means uh, that you're going to have to tune in tomorrow to hear from uh, the England captain. Um, we're, we're running out of time, and to be honest with you, um, the lights are about to go out here in the, the uh, Rajiv Gandhi Stadium in Hyderabad. I do hope you've enjoyed uh, our ball-by-ball -ball commentary throughout the, the four days of what has been a deeply satisfying and uh, a memorable uh, first of five test matches on England's tour of India. I do promise you, in uh, the following on podcast, 
tomorrow, post-match, we will bring you our exclusive interview uh, with England, England captain uh, Ben Stokes. Uh, but uh, we've, we've seen him interviewed, we've seen him smiling, we know how happy he is, and uh, we'll bring you that interview tomorrow. So for now, from following on, from all of us uh, here at uh, the Rajiv Gandhi Stadium uh, in, uh, in uh, Hyderabad, and uh, to those who are also uh, back in London, thanks for your company. Hope you've enjoyed it even half as much as we have. Until next time, cheers. And that's his 150. Ollie Pope, he's earned that applause. Well, Hartley's just coming down the pitch to uh, Judeja and has plonked him back over his head. Hartley uh, sounded the bugle and the charge came. Ahmed Siraj in again. Edged and caught, dropped! He's dropped it, Kale Rahul got his hands underneath it and slipped and it's popped out like a wet bar of soap. He had it. That was the end of Ollie Pope, but he lives again. And England lead now by 200. Who would have thought you saying that England lead by 200 at any point of this test match? Ravichandran Ashwin has replaced Siraj and his ball. Tom Hartley first ball. Change of ends for him. Tom Hartley backing away, trying to play that one late, but it came straight into his stumps. Jadeja is in. Ollie Pope has played the reverse ramp over his own head through very fine third for four. That's one of those that if you get it wrong, you need your eyebrows reattaching. Here comes Bumra, right arm over the wicket to punt. Who goes down to play the scoop and is bold? Ollie Pope has played one of the most significant innings in an England shirt, and it means India will need 231 runs to win this test match. Right, Mark Wood then from the opposite end, and here comes Mark Wood in to uh, Rohit, opens the blade. He's turning it down through third, and it'll be away for a boundary. Roots in, bowls, it's leg side-ish, it's swept away. One of the few times that India have played a sweep, but that ball was there to be swept, and it's swept away for four. Another one. Close court! Pope's taking the catch of short leg! Tom Hartley has pushed Jaiswal onto the back foot, he's turned it off his pads, and Ollie Pope, as he tends to do a short leg, has taken a screamer. What a piece of reaction fielding from Ollie Pope. Tom Hartley continues, he's got him at Silly Point! Ollie Pope's got another one, a catch at Silly Point! Shubman Gills hit that off a full face of the bat as he came forward. Ollie Pope just in front of square at Silly Point, Silly Mid-Off has taken another blinder. Hartley balls and goes through, Roy Charma, everybody up in a field, finger goes up! What a moment! What a moment for Tom Hartley! Test match cricket is alive. We love Test Match Cricket. In goes Ran. a little bit of error on this one. Lovely drive from Akshar. And he's tossed that one up again, has uh, Tom Hartley, and it's uh, swept away for four more. Very fine cricket from KL Rahul. He's absorbed the pressure. Here is uh, Hartley once again, and uh, that one is driven straight back. He's taken it, Gordon bold. It's another wicket for Tom Hartley, oh my goodness me. Slipping a leg slip. Oh, big appeal for leg before. Wicked up goes the finger. Joe Root's got another one. That's it, he's out. Keir has gone. What a wicket that is for England. Joe Root to start the new over. It's been hit to mid on and Ben Stokes has thrown. Hits the stumps at the non-strikers end as they take the single. Right, so we're waiting for the replay. Here we go. It's out! Oh my god, what a moment that is. Leach finds the edge of the catch is taken by Root and Slip as Shreyas goes. Seven down India. Game on.
we're in the money. Here's Leach once again. It's another short one. He's looked a bit tired, Jack Leach. This one will definitely go for four. Short, wide and slap cut by Ar Ashwin, who's into the 20s. So we're going into the extra half. Down the wicket! Stumped him! He's stumped! Hardly has six! Ashwin's gone down the wicket and had a heave! So we're going into the extra half. Down the wicket! Stumped him! He's stumped! Hardly has six! Ashwin's gone down the wicket and had a heave! Hardly in to complete the over! Bowled him! He's bowled him! Shrika Barrett can't believe it! Here's Hartley down the wicket, he comes! Stumped! Hardly has seven! Tom Hartley's got seven wickets in England and won the Test match by 28 runs. Oh my goodness me, in the last half an hour, the extra half an hour, Hartley takes his seventh wicket. India are bowled out for 202, their target was 231. And a classic Test match comes to an end with England winning by 28 runs. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.